Kara Zorel escapes the dying planet of Krypton. She is delayed on her way to Earth. When she gets here 24 years later, she becomes Earth's newest hero, Supergirl. Welcome to the Krypton Report, a Supergirl podcast brought to you by Southgate Media. I am your host, Tyler Patrick, and you can find me at JTYPatrick on Twitter. So let's get started on what's going on today in the world of the Kryptonians. Welcome to the Krypton Report. Sorry it's been a while since our last episode, but summer is crazy and things happen. Uh, today is a special episode. It's a quick uh, review of the film Superman, Batman, Apocalypse, which has Supergirl in it. And I have a special guest. You may know him from Gotham, Before the Bat. You may know him from World's Finest, or the Flash Arrow Power Hour, or the other Marvel shows that he can tell you about. I have with you the Batman himself, Mr. Phil Parrish. Hey, everyone. What's up? So we're going to talk about um, the 2010 movie. And if you're listening, you'll hear that my excited little pal, son Solomon, is in the background. He just watched the movie with me before the review. So he is excited. He just can't wait till he can actually talk so he can start podcasting with Daddy. But here we go. Phil, how, what is your overall thought of Batman, Superman, Apocalypse? Um, well, it's crazy. I mean, it's big. It's crazy. Um, it introduced the Kryptonian, well, in the comics, it introduced the Kryptonian Supergirl back in the, you know, main continuity and get the whole apocalypse and dark side. So it's a big scale. You had Paradise Island. I mean, the whole thing's nuts. I see this for all those fans out there. This is the Supergirl story that I love the most. I love the, just the straight Karazoro, his cousin, you know, this continuity right here. Uh, I love this version. I've read the comic. It's been a while. The Jeff Loeb, excuse me, the Jeff Loeb comic that it's based off of. And, I just thoroughly enjoy this version. Now, this movie I love because it like it brought you know Supergirl back out. At the time that this was released, it was during the final season of Smallville, which of course had Supergirl return uh, to take on, ironically, Smallville's version of Darkseid with Clark. So it was a big year for Supergirl and Darkseid. Okay. Now, what I do like is that this film brings back the voice cast of some of the more iconic voices. Of course, Kevin Conroy, the, the true voice of Batman. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman, who everyone knows from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, as well as a few other the DC projects that they've had. And then Tim Daly, who did the voice of Superman during Superman, uh, the animated. He didn't do the Justice League films or uh, TV series, but he did the Superman animated series. So, it's really awesome. I mean, they even brought back Ed Asner's Granny Goodness, which is <laughs> which is one of the best and creepiest castings of all time. All time. <laughs> the first time I heard his I heard that voice, I guess it was during a Superman animated series, I was like, wait a minute, that <laughs> chick sounds like Ed Asner. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's Hudson from Gargoyles. What? <laughs> but, uh, so we'll get into the movie in details. The film opens... With Kara's ship crashing, and none other than Gotham, which I think is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is she once again she crawls out of her ship, unclothed, stumbles into Gotham, and just happens. Who does Supergirl meet for the first time? Dudes who want to cause trouble. Mm-hmm. And what does she have to do? She has to put them down. 
Exactly, Solomon. Exactly. So it picks up. You know, we get to see. I really like the way that Super Ben is portrayed in this film as being the protective. He loves his family. He's cautious, but at the same time, he's very much into protecting his cousin. And even with Batman, all of Batman's comments about she might not be who she says she is, we get to see a side of Batman that wants to protect Clark. He makes the comment about, you know, Clark has powerful enemies who would go to great lengths to destroy him. So it just shows more of that friendship between Batman and Superman. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, yeah, Superman was protective of her. I mean, of course, because it's his cousin, but don't you think he would have been protective of any Kryptonian? Because up until she landed, he thought he was the last of his kind. Yeah, and the the odd part is, you know, this, this story is pulled from the Batman-Superman comics. It It's kind of a sequel. Uh, in the comics it is, but in the films it kind of is a sequel to Batman, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. Um and I just can't remember in that continuity of comics or anything if he had fought Zod or not. So we don't know what other kind of Kryptonian interaction he's had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was all weird. Um, I think he had fought Azod at some point, but it was like some Russian guy. And I don't know if he had like the spirit of Zod in him or something. It was, it was a whole weird story. So I just kind of look at the film as a pocket. Like I connect it to the other film mm-hmm. and try not to think about the comic verse as much. Um, so like you said, having the Kryptonian there and I always thought it was interesting. The idea, like I liked that Kara was older, was sent to protect baby cow, but then she got stuck, you know, and he grew up and then she shows up the same age she was when she left and just having her as that different, like Clark doesn't remember Krypton. He was a baby. He's an infant. He doesn't really have a tie to Krypton other than what he's learned or told. But Kara really suffers the the idea of losing her planet because she has all the memories and has a life that was on Krypton before it was destroyed. And I think that's a really strong story that's not really touched on in this film, but it's something I think that brings a really strong sense to the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just that whole, uh, well, the whole Superman, and I guess in a way you could, uh, make the same comparison to Supergirl, but they always say, you know, it, it's like the, it's like the whole Bible story, you know, the man from above sending his only son or daughter to Earth to save humanity. Exactly. And, you know, one of my theories is, at first was, with the Supergirl series was kind of, what if they told it in a way that didn't, you know, reference her cousin? But I guess they're gonna bring, you know, Superman in in some capacity, and at least we know they reference him in the in the show. So it's it's interesting. Um, but I thought it was cool when Clark. You know, we get to meet Crypto, the great and powerful Kryptonian dog. Mm-hmm. Clark takes care of shopping, um, and she pretty much adapts to being an Earth girl rather quick in the film. Like her, her likes, her interests. Um, I think. You know, I always liked the relationship that when Supergirl, in the animated, when Supergirl meets Jimmy, they kind of have a thing together, a little bit of a fling. So, uh, you know, I always wish we could have got into that more with this, but I like that the idea of Darkseid taking over Kara and using her to be the leader of his Furies, to be the one person that could take on Superman, because they even say that she has the potential to be stronger than Superman which I think is really awesome for her character. 
until Batman threatens to blow up all of Apocalypse. Hey, he's Batman. He can pull it off. Mm-hmm. I love Batman, and there's just some of the lines that he has. Like, when they go to Big Barda, and they ask for help, and she's like, I'm coming with you, and I'll get over it. And he's like, I'm over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the way they draw Batman in this, and that's one thing I'm hoping that with the Batfleck films, that maybe we'll get that some of that imagery of since we know that they're probably going to CG the cape a lot, much mm. like they did Man of Steel, of him with the cape like in front and just kind of really just making that solid, creepy figure mm. of Batman. Uh, yeah, I think they, they with the art, they tried to go get closer to what they actually did in the comic book for this storyline. Who I think was it drawn by Ed McGinnis? Somebody, yeah, and, and, the, and the art was pretty similar to the actual comic. And I, that's one thing I really liked about it was I liked that the art referenced the comic book art. So it was like the comic book really coming to life, much like some of the other films. Like, if, like of course, Dark Knight Returns did a good job of really making the comic book art come to life. Mm-hmm. So um, we had Andre Brower do the voice of Darkseid, which I thought was great. He had a nice menacing tone for Darkseid. I always think it's interesting, like, every time Superman fights, like, it's like, all right, we need someone for Superman to fight. Who do we have? Darkseid or Tombstay? All right. You know, I think Darkseid is, like, that huge villain that Superman can beat, but he is a challenge. Like, in the third act of this, when Superman fights Darkseid, and just, like, some of the scenes of him using his heat vision, taking Darkseid's Omega Beams, like, the super speed of his fist, when he lifts up, like, a huge chunk of Earth and just flips it on Darkseid, I'm like... I love watching Superman just unleash on Darkseid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they like to try to physically challenge Superman, I think, anymore. So it's always like Darkseid or Doomsday. Even in the recent Justice League comic books, it seems like the only person that the Justice League ever fights is Darkseid. Yeah, I mean, we got the Darkseid Wars going on right now. Um, no, one thing I did really like is when they're on Paradise Island, and I thought it was smart that Supergirl's being trained by Wonder Woman. It only makes sense for her to be raised in that kind of environment as well. It kind of makes Superman a parental figure, Wonder Woman a maternal figure, and Batman like that really, you know, creepy uncle. (laughs) But it shows the, you know, them all have an interest in her state because how important she is. But when they're attacked on Paradise Island and all those really weird rock-esque doomsday clone thingies come out and Superman just uses his heat vision and takes them all down, and then he has a slight remorse, and one woman even says they were never really alive. So it was just—it showed him he not wanting to kill, even though what he did do was not even really kill living things. Yeah, but uh, it it just always struck me as weird as like Wonder Woman's like I'm kidnapping your uh, cousin. Now that was interesting. Just she automatically thinks she has to do it. Not even coming to Superman like, hey, I have an idea. They just show up like, we're going to take her. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they were just playing up that whole Amazon angle, because that seemed more like a Batman move than a Wonder Woman move. But Yeah, I'm thinking it has an Amazon angle. or I'm trying to remember, like, it's been a while since I've read the comic, if there's any differences, like significant differences between the comic and the film. And I don't really think there is many. I know, I know there is at the end, because I remember in the comic, they fake Supergirl's death with the Omega Beams. Like, Darkseid thinks he kills her, yeah. and Superman goes nuts. Uh, this, they didn't want to play that up. 
I love that they just threw Darkseid in space. Hmm. Like they didn't, they like re, she reprogrammed his mother box and just chucked him into space. I'm like that's like I always said if I was Superman and I was fighting Doom today, I would uppercut him, fly up, grab him, and just chuck him into space. Boom, yeah, done. When the comic, I think, is this the one? I think yeah, they yeah, Superman took him in, like put him in the source wall. Yeah, and I, I think the change in that this works when you're doing when you're adapting to different medium because. For us comic fans who follow everything strictly, like the source ball, we get it. To the average film watcher who watches the stuff just because they love the characters on film, they might not quite grasp that deep of an idea. Plus the animated movies, you only get like, what, 70-some minutes? Yeah, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I think it used to be like it would vary, and then I don't know, I have to go back and look at all of them, but now they're all like through a straight 70, 76 minutes. I'm like, why not a good 90? Yeah. You know, a good hour and a half solid animated film. Like Especially these days. I mean, when they're already PG-13, you're not going for, like, little kids anymore. Yeah, you're not holding little kids' interest. You're holding us. You know what? I, I mean, not to just go on the tangent about the DC animated films. I like, in a sense, that the newer ones, a lot of them are connected. But at the same time, I still like getting those one-offs, like, that were based off graphic novels. Yeah. Like, like this one, you know, Public Enemies, New Frontier, stuff like that. Now they're like adaptions of like graphic novel ideas, but they're all connected. But we'll see how that goes forward now that things are changing, like always. But I, like, I really like this movie for anyone who is trying to find something Supergirl. Uh, for anyone who has daughters and trying to get them into Supergirl, I think this is a great jumping point uh, just to bring out the character to really kind of get to see her in action. She does kick some butt in this. Which is really nice. It's, they actually make her strong and powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that. I like, you know, I like Big Barda as another strong character. And of course, Wonder Woman and the Amazons. So it's, it's one of the few Disney, or Disney, oh my gosh, it's too early. One of the few direct to DVD films in the, that DC has done that has Supergirl. The other we'll be talking about sometimes with Superman Unbound, which Features a strong Supergirl story, but can't go wrong with Batman and Superman. Mm-mm. What are your, any final thoughts there, Phil? Um, yeah, um, it was it was it's one of the better done, I think, animated uh, adaptations. Uh, so if you're a fan of it, like any of the DC characters, I'd say pick it up. Oh yeah, most definitely. I, I highly recommend it. I mean, I give it a a four and a half out of five. Yeah. It's one of the better stories and just all around entertaining films that you can definitely watch over and again. I mean, I even picked this is one of the few ones that I bought. Uh, <laughs> Solomon's getting excited. Ears, but we're talking about Batman. He's wearing his Batman onesie. Um, I bought this one at Walmart for I think like nine bucks, but it was a package. It was Apocalypse and Public Enemies together. Because I, I couldn't find them on separate discs anymore. I was like, you know what? That was a good buy. So, you know, if he wants at Walmart, just browse through the videos or Target, you know, see if you can find the combo pack or whatever. Pick them up. They're definitely worth having in your collection to pull out and watch and enjoy. Oh, yeah. What would you rate this one? Um, I think I'd probably give it a solid four. Okay. See? Four from Phil, four and a half from me. It's definitely worth checking out, you know? So... Anything you want to talk about, Phil, on this like this quick impromptu episode? 
really people this was just one of those things phil and i were talking yesterday we we knew we've been wanting to do this episode for a while we wanted to we wanted to do more with it but we just been both so busy with all the other stuff we're into and uh we're like all right let's do it in the morning so here we are (laughs) yeah no i just wanted to remind people uh if you like the interchange between me and tyler and why wouldn't you uh you can hear us every week on uh before the bat where we discuss all things gotham with uh the lovely miss kelly and coming up in the next week or so uh the Flash Arrow Power Hour, where we talk uh, all things Flash and Arrow with uh, some other guy. Yeah, some other guy. And yeah. Also, <laughs> also uh, as we joke now, we're like, we're going to have to change the show to the Flash Arrow Power Hour of tomorrow. Because we know we're going to start talking about Legends of Tomorrow sleeping. Slick, blah, 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 blah. Getting into with that show coming and the ties. So, it'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Well, as always, you can find us at Krypton Report Pod on Twitter. You can find me at JTY Patrick on Twitter. Uh, if you have any comments about the shows, ideas, anything, shoot us a message. Uh, we always listening for feedback. And where can we find you, Phil? Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Nightwing PDP. <gasps> That's right, Nightwing, the character that needs his own TV show. That's right, and his own film because. And you can find Solomon. Nowhere online. Just find him on my website. If you like his comments and his uh, encouragement here for the pods, drop us a line. So stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to try to get a couple more out before the premiere of Supergirl. Uh, we got some we got some great ideas. Just been really busy getting through the summer. And uh, you'll be hearing from me again. So to all the Kryptonian fans. Oh, wait. There's one more thing. Uh, the TV show Krypton. We have some news. Ready? There is no news. so for me Tyler and Phil have a good one thank you for listening to the Krypton Report the Supergirl podcast hit us up on Twitter at Krypton Report leave us a review on iTunes and let you know what you think how the show can be better your thoughts on Supergirl and anything else you feel like chatting about and I'll catch you next week